0: Open your notes if you would please. If you have uh, notes, we're going to look at Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six, and Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen. I have one theme. We're finishing our series for the month and for the year. This is the last sermon in the year, and um, well, we got is it got one more? We got one more. I got one more. I got one more. Okay, good. It's the last one in this series. This is the last one, and we've been talking about how you build a future. And we've been talking about that all year long. And it's really been a fascinating study. I have enjoyed it because it has helped me think about my future. And I do believe I have one. And I think that I'm responsible. Can you say this with me, please? I am, I am responsible for building, for building, for building my, future. my future. Watch this now. Watch this. Listen carefully. I have built. Say that with me, please. Come on. I have built what, I have what I have now. Now, think about that. You've sown this and you've reaped. What you have now is what you built. You say, well, I don't like this. Okay, well, let's change. Over the next 5, 10 years, Lord bless you to have life, you're going to build something. So the question is, what are you going to build? And I I want to challenge you to do what I did already. I sat down and I wrote down my 2018 thoughts. I went back and I, I keep these thought documents. I call them thought documents. And I went back 10 years and I read to Diane yesterday. I was reading out loud to her in the kitchen my thoughts from 10 years ago. Some were exciting and some were scary because I missed some things, some things I didn't see. Uh, I read what I thought about finances. I read notes about my kids. I make notes about my kids. You got to do that. Write stuff down. To make you mad, write it down. What they said, mm-hmm, they're crazy today. Write it down. And then read it in five years and 10 years and see who was crazy. <laughs> it's amazing what you learn about yourself. But, in, in, but writing down where you want to go and what you want to do changes everything in your life. Today, though, I close. I close with the sermon, repeat it with me please, say building yourself a chance, yourself a chance piece by piece. piece, by piece. But here's how you do that, working with what you have. Today I talk about the fact that you build the pieces of your life, and if you remember I define pieces for you as choices we make that lead us to God's best. Success comes in pieces, and the question I've been answering for the last seven years, believe it or not, is In this book project I'm working on, is called What Are the Pieces, Pastor? That's been the question. I used to say as a Christian, you know, the piece would be prayer. The piece would be, you know, uh, maybe fasting. But as I thought about it, it's way more than that. If I'm going to build myself a future, if I'm going to build myself a chance, I have to do it piece by piece. I can't do it in chunks. And I have to understand that I can only work with what I have. So I have decided to make choices Choices that get me there one step, one piece at a time. Now, I explained to you last time how your choices can sow you into a good place or a bad place. Remember this. God will not exercise for you, eat for you. Listen again. God will not exercise for you, eat for you, go back to school for you, work without you, or think for you. He's not asking you to shut off your brain and pray about everything and let him tell you everything. Some Christians think that. Their theology sounds that way. What should I do, God? Should I marry him or not? Well, look at him. Think about it. (laughs) He's going to be your husband, your wife. Think about this. We talked about the importance of building the right relationship pieces in your life and how the wrong relationship pieces, oh, my goodness, can change everything. All your choices, all your options, all of the things in your life that you love, it can make everything easier, everything difficult. It's up to you. You have to decide in your life, do I love myself enough to put the right relationship pieces in my life? Now, God's plan, I believe from the beginning, was that we, we have the right pieces. I told you in the last sermon or so ago, I said that the way you find the pieces is supposed to be with family. That's the first place. Family should be the place you find the right pieces and you learn how to put the right pieces in place. They help you understand. And oftentimes, family fails us. Today, we talk about something that you might find fascinating, how you sometimes just have to use what you have. Sometimes your family didn't have it, your friends didn't have it, you didn't have a mentor, you didn't have the kind of education you wanted, you didn't have all the the things that you thought would be helpful to you, and you just feel like it's just you working with a substandard list of tools. Have you ever had to, and that is the question for today, had to work with what you have? Have you ever been in that place, and you look at your neighbor, you look at your cousin, you look at the people on your job, and they've got advantages you don't have? So what do you do? Well, in our story today, Mary and Joseph will teach us how to deal, deal with that. I want to talk about what Mary had, and I want to talk about what Joseph had. And I want you to just step back for a second, and I want you to think with me and put yourself in the story. It's founded in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, and Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Now, here's the deal with preachers. We read all the verses all the time. You just heard the whole Jesus story earlier. I'm not going to read it to you again. I'm going to read the highlights. These are the cliff notes. I want you to simply notice in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the New King James Version, it said, Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin. Betrothed, which means engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph. They were engaged. Now, the engagement in the Jewish culture was way different. When you got to this level, you were like literally almost married, but it wasn't quite the final step. But anyway, they were engaged. And then the virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favorite. What did he call her? Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of reading this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with who? There it is again, that second, you see it again, favor, favor, twice now. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That's a pretty cool prophecy. Verse 34. I got to read it to you. Mary said to the angel, behold, now, behold, how is how, how, that going to work? You know, she heard the angel say, you gonna be have a baby and all that, and she like, said, that? How, how does that work? Uh, I've never slept with a man." That's in the Message Bible. I tra- changed on you a little bit. I want you to really get that point. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't fool around. The Lord, the Holy Spirit, here's what the Angel told her, will come upon you. The power of the Highest will hover over you. Now that's not normally how it works, but that's what's gonna happen in this case. <laughs> Therefore, the child you, you bring, uh, the child you bring to birth, will be called holy, son of God. Did you know that your uh, cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? And, 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 and old as she is, everyone called her barren. And and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. Read that with me, please. Come on. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I I see. I see it all now. I'm I'm the Lord's maid, whatever you say. I'm I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Then the angel left her. Wow, I read it. Amazing, got it all done. Let's skip to Joseph real fast. What did Joseph have? Mary had favor. I like that. As a matter of fact, I think that's one of the greatest things to have. Look at what the Bible said Joseph had. This is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they had any physical relationship, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, what kind of man was he? Yes. Just man of character, right? Not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away. Without reading the rest, the angel comes to him and convinces him, no, Joseph, I did this. This is the Holy Spirit. I placed the baby in her. She didn't, she, she didn't do anything wrong. Now, I want you to pause with me for just a moment, and let's ask a question. I want you to join me in this sermon. What would it be like if you were a part of this? So here you've got Mary and Joseph, one woman. The woman has favor. The man has character. Come on, say, the woman has favor. The man, has the man has character. Now, I didn't say anything about a fancy job. I didn't say anything about them having anything material, favor, and character. That's it. No long-term career plans. Or we don't have anything like that. We just have, what do we have? Character. character. That's all we got. We got to work with that. Well, please note with me, let's pretend for just a second, I need to get you in this sermon. I want the women uh, to pretend, and I want the men to pretend. All right? Now I want the women to pretend that, that they are the mother of Mary. All women raise your hand, please. You don't pause on that one, you ready? Yeah. One more time, all ladies, raise your hand. You are the Mary, you're the mother of Mary, OK? All right, so so Mary comes, and all the guys, you are the father of Joseph. All guys raise your hand, please? Okay, good. So you're the father of Joseph. You, you see who you are in this story? I wrote you a script. I did. I wrote you a little script, okay? Now, here's what I want you to say. Mary, talking to her mom, says, I have some news, Mom. I'm having a baby. The spirit, the spirit's behind it. Joseph didn't do anything. What do you say? <laughs> you didn't read your line, ladies. I need you to read your line to your daughter who came home and told you this news. You Know what I'm saying? I told you it's news. Okay, hey. Um, Mom, I'm having a baby, and uh, the Holy Spirit did it. Girl, One, two, three. Girl, All right. That's about what you'd say, <laughs> and some other things. But that's just a short version of it. Girl, please. Right? Guys, here you go. Joseph talking to his dad. Hey, dad, I have the news now. Calm down. Mary's having a baby, and the spirit is behind it. Men, what do you say? Right. Right. You want me to believe that? Come on, man. One, two, three, what? Right. Right. You want me to believe that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's about what you would say. Come on, brothers. Work with me, right? Now, Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Okay, so now, you got your daughter who is, these are middle school and high school people, by the way. Mary's around 14, 15. Joseph may be 18, 19 ish during that age bracket. So now you come home and <laughs> you hear this news. And uh, if you're a guy, you're going to talk to Joseph and you're going to say, okay, all right, let's talk. You know, okay, man, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what you got? Now, think about it. I got a donkey. That's so all we're working with. Now, in most of the images you've seen about Joseph, all you see is Mary, that's your daughter, riding on that old donkey, and he's walking. He ain't got no chariot. At least I want you to have a chariot. Ride my daughter in a chariot. And then this Holy Spirit stuff. Okay, the Holy Spirit did it. Okay. So we got a lot of issues here. Now, let's pretend, Extend expand this to your family, the ones you're going to see Christmas and New Year's. Tell them All this too. What would they say? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the spirit. That was a spirit, all right. That was a spirit. (laughs) Spirit, spirit. They both they both say the spirit did it. Okay. Now I want you to notice this has changed. And here's what I want you to notice: three observations about the pieces Mary and Joseph had to work with. They had three things I want you to notice. First of all, they had to build and work. without much money. These are people that didn't have much. They're described as people without a lot of resources. The only th- they're described in our culture as a couple with one donkey. That's it. Whenever you see them in any play or in any image, all you see is her and him on the donkey. Now, that's your son and your daughter. Are you with me? Track with me, people. Isn't the, you You, you got to go, okay, this is quite interesting. Number two. They had to build and work without much family support. Now, now I want you to think with me about this one for a second. Uh, and, and just to help you see this, would your family allow you to be homeless and pregnant? Luke chapter 2, verse 6, listen to this. Remember now, I'm sorry, look at me for, look at me for a second. Remember in the story you heard earlier in our service, Joseph was told by, to go back home to his hometown for the census. So he went to his hometown. Where did he go? One more time. I want you to tell me your, everybody's going to tell me your hometown. And on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, now. So you went to where? With your pregnant wife On a donkey. I'm just saying. And you get there to your hometown, which is where? Okay, you get there. Because that's where he had to go, to Nazareth, his home, that was his hometown, grew up there, you know, people, family, cousins, nephews, everybody, you know what I'm saying? So you get there, and so it was, Luke chapter 2, verse 6, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, so now it's time to have the baby. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room, say where you're from again. How could that be true? Where your daddy at? No cousins? Nobody? I never realized it was his hometown. I mean, when I, when I thought about this, his hometown, I thought, you hey, how about the, can we leave the living room? Can we have, a, like, a kitchen? Can, is there something? Why, why are we outside in the barn, man? What, what, is it because you think this is, like, an illegitimate child or something? Is that, is it, could that be it? Is there something going on? You just think about this for a second. Now, when you get to Luke chapter 2, verse 41, it kind of changes. Now, in Luke chapter 2, verse 41, that's the time Jesus was 12 years old. So you don't see any family. Listen to this now. You don't hear anything about family (laughs) between chapter 2 and and then uh, chapter, um, until you get to uh, him being 12 years old. So from his birth to 12, there's no no sign of family. And, And then they lose him when he's 12 for a whole day you you don't remember that okay here chapter 2 verse 41 his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover and when he was 12 years old they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast when he had finished the days as they returned the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem where did he linger at and Joseph and his mother did not know but supposing him to have been in the what company with family right They went a day's journey and sought him among their what? Relatives. Now now we see family again and acquaintances. So now things are kind of okay, but I want you to think about this for a second. Would it be true that you could come to your hometown where your family lives and there's no room in the inn for you? That was what they had to work with. Think with me. Third thing, they had to build and work with Without much money, they had to build and work without much family support. And it seems to me that they had to build and work with with being misunderstood all their life. There's a conversation in John chapter 8 where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. They're going back and forth, and he's telling them, you are your father, the devil. And listen to what they say to him. It's amazing. This is Luke chapter, John chapter 8, verse 39. And they answered and said to to him, Abraham is our father. That's what they tell Jesus. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Listen to this, folks. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God, your mama. So, in conclusion, here we go. Lessons I've learned from their lives. Remember, start off as middle high school students, age. They married young in those days. Sometimes you don't have perfect pieces to work with in your life. Sometimes you don't. Sorry. Your daddy, your mama, your cousin, it just wasn't perfect. Secondly, Sometimes you don't have great financial resources to work with in your life. You just got a donkey. One car, bus pass, feet, bicycle. That's what you work with. You build from there. I tell people all the time, I rode the bus all of my life until I was probably about 18, 19 years old. We drove, and I had a car for a brief time in there, but most of my life, we rode the bus. We had a bus pass. That's when you're an official bus person. <laughs> my mom used to call it our car. We used to go to the laundromat because we did not have a washer and dryer. We used to get the little buggy and roll it behind you. You know how to do that? And if you didn't have time, you would take it to the sink and watch it yourself and hang it on the line. In L.A., you hang it inside, not outside. <laughs> I hung it outside. They stole all my pants. I learned to hang them inside. <laughs> That's the true story, people. Sometimes you don't have great academic resources to work with. They weren't greatly educated. They didn't go to school. There's no, there's no college in them. There's none of that. Sometimes... You don't have strong family support to work with. Nobody to keep your kids. Nobody, no, you don't have all that. They didn't. And sometimes the only thing you have is God's favor and your character. I'll take that any day. Come on, people, I'll take that any day. You know, I'm telling you, people, when I read the story from this angle, I thought to myself, oh, God. Some of us have so much more to work with than they did. But that boy with that donkey and that long-term shame, you know, it's assumed he died because by the time Jesus is 30, you don't hear him anymore. He's not mentioned. What is it to die being misunderstood? What is it to die without being being able to clear your name? What's it like? Mary never married again. Was it because she was viewed as a loose woman? Never allowed. Did you ever think about Mary's life? What's it like? You know the Holy Spirit was a part of this, but nobody believes you. Because they have not had that experience. But you do have favor. And he had character. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to work with what we have. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit of the living God would come alive. In our hearts and in our minds. Some of us have murmured about what we don't have. But we have more than a donkey. We have more than they that, more education, more money. Why can't we not work with what we have? Take what we have, oh God. But above all, I pray favor in our lives. I pray for character. If nobody ever believes us, I want you to say well done, thou good and faithful servant. And may we never live in a stuck place, living in the same circle, bondage. Oh, God, give us strength. Oh, God, give us power today to rise above the things that tempt us. In the name of Jesus, I speak, Lord God, and I declare your word over our lives. And I declare in Jesus' name that your hand will be upon us. And I declare in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I declare that we will rise and be different people and strong people in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.